0: BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business, Education and technology.
4: Good evening, BDPAI radio audience. Uh, this is Ron Story, uh, your host, and I will be introducing our hosts for tonight and our other interview with Tim Butts, um, Jayla Cruz, as well as Ram and Neil um, will not be with us this evening. However, myself, Ron Story, and Tim Butts will be holding it down for this evening. Uh, We're happy to have, uh, to interview this evening, Lynn Bonner, Engagement Manager with Deloitte, and it will be followed up with um, an interview with our very own Tim Butts, our Houston Chapter BDPA. And I'll turn the show over to Tim, who will be interviewing Lynn Bonner. Tim?
1: All right. Thank you, Ron. Good evening, radio audience. Hope you're all well tonight. All across the country, all around the world, We are reaching out to you to share the BDPA story and uh, making sure that we're all staying in touch. We have the privilege and honor to chat tonight with Lynn Bonner. She's the Engagement Manager with Deloitte. As I uh, had a brief brief time to talk with her, I understand that she is out in Chicagoland right now, but I'll tell you what, we'll get to that. Here's an introduction to her background, however. Lynn Bonner is the Engagement Manager and Engagement Manager with Deloitte, and a member of the ITSMF, that's the Information Technology Senior Management Forum. She is an IT leader that uses discipline and accountability in her program delivery, which leads to increased innovation and return on investment to business. Further, she's a trusted business advisor supporting Fortune 100 clients, overseeing global initiatives to improve top-line revenues and decreasing operational costs. Lynn is known for her coaching leadership style that motivates teams to, to be fully engaged in delivering their best work, leading courageously, and also high integrity. And by the way, ITSMF has asked her to lead a training session entitled Managing High-Performing Teams. So a round of applause for her. The work that she's doing obviously is paying off. In her work, she focuses on team development, building rapport, and like-mindedness within teams, Accelerating performance of the team to realize its potential and to create a high performing team. BDPAI radio show listeners, we will learn tonight more about team and personal action plans that are necessary to create and work on a high performing organization. That said, it, welcome Lynn Bonner. How are you tonight?
2: I am great. Thank you for having me. How are you?
1: Absolutely. It's our privilege. I'm doing great. Thank you. So we had the opportunity to briefly chat when we were doing our warm-ups, and uh comes to my attention, you're currently out in Chicagoland, what you call Atlanta home. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Well, that being said, looks like you're fully engaged with our organization, BDPAI and ITSMF, and I'd love to know, what first got you engaged with this organization, got you really involved in ITSMF, and what have kept you so involved?
2: The first I heard of ITSMF was actually through friends that attended a symposium in Dallas. That was my first peek into ITSMS. Soon after, I actually applied and was accepted into the 2015 Management Academy. And now, as a management associate, I tend to I seek ways to stay engaged definitely with like-minded individuals. Uh, The main things that keep me involved are the people, the people, the things that we're doing in the community, the conversations, insights, and, of course, the different perspectives.
1: That's tremendous. So in terms of your response, it sounds like you're more focused in engagement with the ITSMF, and and, uh, this conversation tonight is kind of a bridge opportunity for BDPA to take advantage of your ITSMF engagement. Am I correct?
2: Yes, but I have had some opportunities to also engage with BDPA as well, Um, not quite through the academies and things of that nature, but definitely within the last two symposiums had the opportunities to meet more and more people.
3: I understand.
1: given the time frame that you just described, I'm guessing that you became involved with ITSMF probably within the last 10 years, 15 years? Uh, Yes. Last two to three, okay.
3: <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Okay, that's excellent. Excellent.
1: I allude to that, as I'm going to go also into some other key responsibilities, but I had the privilege of being a uh, mentee of ITSMF when the organizations kind of joined at the hip, and I was a uh, manager at uh, Booz Allen Hamilton, so I was able to go into the academy, get mentored by a couple of people there in ITSMF. And uh graduated with it and uh really enjoyed the uh mentoring and also the engagement between both organizations. I've really grown a lot. But enough about me, I wanna talk about you. Uh what are your key responsibilities as an engagement manager with Deloitte? First, what's an engagement manager and how does that fit in the mold of Deloitte?
2: An engagement manager has a few key responsibilities. Uh, the main is which, the first of which is creating, and definitely, of course, following our IT roadmaps. We act as liaison between our business and our technical teams. And right now, we are all about agile. So my role is making sure that we understand it and that we are following it. So every day is scrum calls, backlogs, sprints, around implementing our software development. So right now, I'm focused on the tax applications, but it certainly okay. within Deloitte has different
1: teams. So how do you find the differences? And I don't want to go too deep down a rabbit hole for those not involved in project management, but the differences between Agile versus Waterfall and other formats within uh, PMO and project management. Waterfall is
2: more focused on building out the requirements and the planning in the beginning, and your focus is on capturing as much as you possibly can so that you can implement. Typically, implementations are further out. We're talking a month to years. Within Agile, you're talking more along two-week sprints, And so you're able to deliver something that the end user can use within two weeks. So it's fast, lots of communication. You definitely have to be involved with your teams. I actually enjoy Agile because you can get so much more done
1: so much faster. Yeah. So true, very true. That's a great description. I hope our audience is taking advantage of that because, in a nutshell, there's a real differentiator between styles of project management. And in not acknowledging that an organization is actually uh, focused on that and has embraced it, it's really allowing Deloitte to focus on getting things done, hitting milestones. But also, it sounds like Lynn is really benefiting from her style really coming from that so much so that organizations like ITSMF have asked her to lead training sessions talking about managing high performing teams. So, that said, please share with us a little bit about your ITSMF membership and some of the value you've experienced within that.
2: Membership has definitely been priceless. The insight, perspectives, being able to ask questions in a safe environment getting advice, guidance on items where you know leadership has already been there and done that is absolutely something that I cannot put a price on. I enjoy it, of course, every single symposium, but I've also taken the time to seek mentors who, again, can answer those questions and help you just think through what do you do in certain situations. So It has been an, an awesome experience.
1: That's tremendous. You used the term symposium a couple of times now in our conversation. Elaborate what you mean by that. Do you mean any engagement, any conference? What exactly is a symposium?
2: It is similar to a training or a conference. Within ITSMS it happens every quarter, Um, and that's the opportunity for everyone to come together. We do trainings and things of that nature. So it's kind of an opportunity to not only network, but learn and engage. So
1: that's excellent format both for, as you mentioned, mentoring, engagement, training, but also making sure that everyone's aware of the current events and uh, what other things are going on and what opportunities lie ahead. Am I correct in that assessment? Yes, definitely. So that being said, ITSMF and the format of that organization, are they inclusive? in their mentoring at this time? Are they still uh, offering an academy where they mentor others? How does that work?
2: They are still offering the academies. There's the Management Academy and the Executive uh, Leadership Academy, I do believe is the name of it. I can't remember at the moment. Uh Uh, But, yes, it is certainly still offered every year.
1: So it appears that, From the things you've shared with us, you are quite passionate about team and personal action planning necessary to create and work on a high-performing team. You've shared a little bit about what you do at Deloitte, as well as some of the dynamics with ITSMF. Share with us, I guess in colloquial terms, some of your thoughts as to, in general, how a person, in fact, can provide team leadership, personal action planning, therefore creating and working on a high-performing team, if you'd be so kind. Definitely.
2: I think within the number one thing to remember as a leader is that all team members have strengths. It's a matter of taking that time and that effort to figure out what those strengths are and how you can best use them on the team. Some of the things that I've also learned over the years is that um, having an engaged team is definitely not the same as having a happy or satisfied team. And with that, Mm -hmm. I mean happy and satisfied, you know, they show up to work, they definitely do their roles, they're smiling, and then they go home. An engaged team shows up with purpose. They're coming in, they're so happy, they're still, you know, working on their daily activities, but they are more in, they're more focused on the end result, a team goal, or coming together to truly accomplish something. So at work, it could be we're working on an agile project, we have two weeks to deliver this tax application that's going to wow the world. In those two weeks, our goal is to not just meet the goal, not just meet the expectations, but to exceed them. And right. I, as a leader, have to be sure I understand what's important to each one of my team members. For some, it's saying thank you. If you show appreciation, they are the happiest people on earth, and therefore they will go that extra mile to hear a thank you. For some, it could be a gift cards, it could be a one-on-one lunch, it could be, you know, any type of reward that is important to them. So as leaders, we definitely have to take that time and that effort to get to know our team, to understand what motivates them, how do we incentivize them in in ways that make sense for them. And so when we're talking about high-performing teams, you know, certainly those who are interested and engaged as an individual and as a leader, you're certainly focused on better work days. You're no longer having the Monday blues or, you know, doing the TGIF on Friday because you're just going through the motions. But then, as a company, you know they really want engaged and high-performing teams as well, because we're talking about high profitability, increased revenue, less cost, and of course, less sick days. Um, so, as individuals, as leaders, and as companies, having a high-performing, engaged team is definitely something of importance.
1: I would agree. Sounds like you've got that very well under control. Even in the style that you delivered your information to us, it sounded as though you were coaching all of us towards success. I really appreciate that (laughs) style and that clarity. Absolutely. You have a gentle way of nudging us along and nudging us forward with our insights, making us feel very included on what you're saying, but also making us aware that you want to know what's important to us. And I think that type of engagement is A number one. I applaud you.
3: Thank you.
1: In our remaining time, I would love to know additional thoughts, even side thoughts that you have had about your work with ITSMF and additional thoughts you think might benefit people in our BDPA iRadio audience. Between
3: the
2: two organizations, I think they're both – Getting great value. And I think as I continue, of course, within my career, I will become even more involved between the two organizations, not just from a networking perspective, but also looking for opportunities to give back and share some of the information that I've learned from others within those two organizations. So I definitely look forward to staying engaged. And of course, I would encourage others that are considering getting engaged to definitely do so as well.
1: That's tremendous. Being involved and engaged is very much the lifeblood of enjoying one's career. Would you agree?
2: Definitely. I agree wholeheartedly.
1: The times when you were work-focused but not necessarily team-focused, perhaps early in your career, how would you differentiate that from being in the leadership role now where you are engaging other people to bring out their best and being team-focused?
2: I think the main differences are you are focused mainly externally. Before, when you're doing the individual contributor role, you're truly uh, coming in, you want to do your role, and of course you want to do the best at your role, but you're not truly focused on a goal per se, a team goal, um, making sure that everyone is happy, not just you. When you're talking about the leadership position, everything changes. It's no longer about the technical skills. It's about the communication, being able to um Make sure people are open and that they understand that you are open, not just to giving feedback, but also to receiving it. Um, I think people Mm. tend to be a lot more engaged when they are comfortable and they feel safe. And you can only do that if you're genuinely open and caring and really want to help others succeed, not just yourself.
1: Heard that. Totally would agree. (laughs) It sounds as though you're the type of person who doesn't just say you have an open-door policy, you actually practice it.
2: Yes, I definitely do my
1: best. <laughs> there we are. There we are. The realities of business, but also the realities of leadership. BDPA radio audience, we are fortunate to have had this conversation with you, and um, we welcome you back any time, both on the radio and at our conferences and at mutual collaborative events and efforts.
3: Uh, awesome. I did mention – Oh. Yes, good, good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that was it.
1: Okay. Now you mentioned you were in Chicago. Home is Atlanta. Have you uh, been to Texas, Houston specifically, before? I have not. I, I would love to Put out to a visit. red carpet invitation. There you go. Good, good. The invitation's <laughs> there. The invitation's there. Uh, yeah, we have a um, a chapter here. And uh, as you can imagine, with this being the third largest metropolis in the country, we are hungry to do big things, and it takes great opportunity to reach out to great leaders and ask them to come on over to speak, to share, and uh, I've got you on the hook. And everyone hears you saying it, but you said okay. So the invitation (laughs) is extended to you to come to Houston.
2: Definitely. I will make plans. Thank you very much.
1: Oh, very welcome. You're very welcome. Well, that said and that done, we again thank you for being our guest this evening. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do give you again Lynn Bonner. You can hear applause in the background. Yay! But really, we thank you so much for being our guest tonight.
2: No problem. Thank you.
1: Pause now for a word from our sponsor.
0: BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group Site, Twitter and Facebook. And Welcome back, okay.
3: BDPA.
4: Yes. Sorry, Ron. Hey, welcome back, BDPA Radio audience. Uh, that was a fantastic interview with Ben Bonner, an engagement manager for Deloitte, and, and with Tim Butts. Tim, thank you for that. Um, in our next event, Tim Butts, our very own, uh, will be speaking with Tim this evening uh, with regards to career, his role as BDPA Houston Chapter President, and other items of interest to our audience. Jim, good
1: evening. Good evening. This is a nice hey, of all you Good, good. You kinda of got me as a captive audience, so I am at your disposal. Uh I look forward to talking with you and catching everyone up on what's going on here in Houston and where we plan to go and all that good stuff.
4: Okay. So what what I will do is I would like to share with the audience um, your a summary from your LinkedIn profile, and then we'll get into our conversation for this evening. I'm Ron Story, your host, and we have on board Timothy Butts Senior, who is our current PA chapter president. Well, Tim is an accomplished leader in business, healthcare, communities, and information technologies, with strong analytics management, leadership, and educator experience, combined with over 25 years of working in high-tech, education institutions, and healthcare organizations, which gives Tim a distinctive insight into operational and regulatory process issues, challenges, and opportunities. Tim is also um, confronted with a variety of clients in his professional role um, in the public daily. He has proven expertise in helping clients in, in analysis and assessment of business process and effective adoption of technology for real-world uh, solutions. And in that, Tim provides knowledgeable coaching, best practices, and timely project management, as well as discipline testing, implementation, and artistic innovation. And one thing that I definitely... Um, appreciate about Tim. He is a huge advocate of STEM and STEAM education and application by youth and adult professional communities. But Tim serves in a variety of roles as an HIMSS USA and is on the HIE. I'm going to ask him a little bit about those acronyms. Interoperability, population health, patient identity, and integrity, now, saying that, as you would hear in our audience, uh, he has a healthcare application um, background within IT, health IT policy work groups. And Tim is also a passionate thought leader and, again, is currently the BDPA Houston Chapter President. Uh, tonight, we will speak with Tim about BDPA, Tim's career, and his current activities as the Houston BDPA Chapter President. Tim, thank you, and, again, good evening.
1: Good evening. Good evening, Ron. Um,
4: I'm going to follow through uh, what well, I would consider uh, our our standard uh, question set, and then I'll just okay. separate as we go along. Um, how did Sounds you good. first find out about BDPA?
1: I first found out about BDPA uh, shortly after graduate school. I was Mm -hmm. transitioning from the city of Pittsburgh, and I'm moving into Indianapolis, Indiana, working with Eli Lilly and Company, pharmaceutical company in IT. Mm -hmm. And a couple of people there were trying to get a chapter started in Indianapolis and had some really good conversations. Uh, That was my first introduction to Tim Coleman, actually. Uh, He's a great leader of BDPA Indianapolis. And uh, that was my first introduction so, at that point, I was more of the member learn about b d p a but I really sank my teeth into it after uh making a transition from Eli Lilly and moving on to Rochester, Minnesota, where I became the facilitator in charge of clinical application at the mayo clinic and okay. there yep, yep, there mm-hmm. I was responsible for developing software and uh methodologies for electronic health records, and we thought, looking around, uh, hey, we are kind of the only show in town. Well, it wasn't just the Mayo Clinic. It was Mayo Clinic and IBM. And given that Mm -hmm. we were kind of a uh, small town but had two great facilities, we went had a great series of conversations about BDPA specifically, and we had a lot of interested parties, and we came together built out a game plan, and then brought it to the leadership of the organizations and said, we believe we should start a chapter, BDPA Southern Minnesota, and in doing so, we will be nurturing the youth of the community, but also nurturing the diversity and the STEM within uh, Mayo Clinic and at IBM. And that immediately Mm -hmm. led to a lot of collaboration between those two organizations and a lot of weekend mentoring of uh, young people in Rochester, Minnesota. And as you can see from the trophy case, the rest is history.
4: Okay. that's great. That is in saying that that that's just awesome. I'm involved in starting a chapter, uh, from the grassroots up and involving yep. two 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 major um two major players, uh, to be involved in both uh, BDPA and along with B D B D P mission to enhance uh community youth and um and and, and professional, Uh, that that is awesome. So what's kept you involved? And I'm saying that (laughs) rightly.
1: What has kept me involved in BDPA, uh, and I'll try to speak specifically to BDPA because it's actually more of a rainbow Mm -hmm. coalition of things, but specifically to BDPA, where I am now with the opportunity to be an interim president in the Houston chapter this is a great opportunity for me to apply the things that I learned in working with a wonderful, tremendous team in Minnesota. But here Mm -hmm. in Houston, I've come into a city that's quite the opposite. No longer is this a small town with one big idea, building a BDPA. Instead, this is a huge city with a great chapter that was here, but dwindled off. So the responsibility and the goal now is to kind of jumpstart it. And as I like mm-hmm. to put it in IT terms. I like to put IT terms around it. I'm here in Texas to reboot BDPA. And okay. that's, lots of metaphors there. So the, the catch is in Texas, Houston specifically, we have an opportunity to be in a city which once hosted a national conference oh,
3: we have a okay.
1: yeah we have a we have a chapter that used to be over 100 members strong mm-hmm. we have a chapter that was home to the national president of BDPA and the opportunity is to realign those various assets tie in the people that were in leadership those legacy members the ideas and ideologies of all of them and On one hand, to recall what caused the fragmentation, but on the flip side, to take advantage of the ideas that still exist and the opportunities that continue to populate and permeate within IT. So Mm
3: -hmm.
1: without getting too deep down that rabbit hole, that's kind of what's keeping me engaged and keeps me very, very um, satisfied as I continue to turn over every possible stone to get people aware of BDPA and uh, build up partnerships, et cetera.
4: Okay. So it's, it's just looking at that, that, that passion around keeping you involved, you're in Houston, Texas. Uh, one of your roles, as you, as you shared and see it, is to reboot the organization um, in Texas, in Houston, uh, realign those assets. And one of the key pieces that you just shared with us is the um, looking at the legacy um, reaching out and reaching back to those legacy members uh, to address those IT issues and BDPA development in Houston. Um, am I correct in yep. saying that?
1: You are
3: correct. Awesome.
1: You are correct. And, so how do you that,
3: see the mm-hmm. – go ahead. We'll start, go ahead. I was going to say in that, capacity, mm-hmm. in that
1: capacity, in that capacity, I've been fortunate to have uh, reengaged conversations with the past, with a couple of past leaders of the local branch and with the former national president, who is still a resident of Houston. So in having a cup of coffee, talking, getting ideas and bouncing ideas off, we've been able to do some blueprinting of where things are, where things can go, and actually making the rubber hit the road in some, in some capacities.
4: Okay, so how do you see your
1: key responsibilities in
4: your current role? So
1: key responsibilities are the same here as they would be in any chapter, in that we want to mm-hmm. make sure we want to make sure that the population of this city knows that the organization is here. We want to make mm-hmm. sure that people know that we need students, we need professional members, and we need professional mentors to all be aware of and to buy in to BDPA and its mission likewise there is the opportunity for me personally to kind of step back and assess the number of international headquarters and monolithic organizations that are here when i say monolithic i think about NASA yeah NASA's here you know when astronauts are on the moon what do they say Houston we have a problem mm-hmm. that's right i'm in Houston i'm in Houston so those okay. guys love IT. They love STEM. They love STEAM. And it's been a great opportunity to have conversations with them and let them know our organization is all about bolstering up, leading, and guiding people towards the technology fields. So those are the mm-hmm. types of things that have really kept me excited and engaged here. Um, we have some exciting things coming up in the immediate future.
3: Uh, mm-hmm. This and week, for anything? example,
1: this yeah, yeah, this week for example, we're going to be having a collaborative meeting uh ourselves and National Black MBA are having our uh meeting and we're going to share topics on what's the importance of certifications, technical certifications and how do those leverage against short-term gains in your career.
3: So, mm-hmm. some people
1: say, "Ah, oh, should I do a certification? Should I go back for a degree?" So we're going to get into uh, conversations around certification in terms of how it adds to your skill set. It gives you additional uh, documentation, additional credibility, but also can be quite a move maker in one's career. So we're going to be doing that for both the business focus and the technical focus and collaboratively. That way both organizations can take advantage and we'll also expect some, uh, maybe some membership. Mm Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned um, with respect to
4: aligning with the MBA, National work yep. MBA Association, and, and the local BDPA chapter, and the focus of this current discussion and workshop around or meeting around certifications. You mentioned short-term gains. Can you sh-
1: explain that a little a little further? So, what short-term gains are we
4: seeing?
3: Mm-hmm. And what
1: short-term gains do we expect?
3: So, yes, that's immediate.
1: Um, I'm, 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 uh, uh-huh. Yeah, the immediate short-term gain. From
4: the way I heard you say it, I've heard it from a career perspective, or or you're applying the short-term gain to the um, organizations in itself around certification. Um, Is is it the organizational or the the individual?
1: Organization. Yeah, organizational. Let me be. let Let me be real clear. I came to Houston, Texas, as the senior project manager for population health in the IT arena at the Houston Medical Center, specifically Mm -hmm. being housed with Texas Children's Hospital. And in that role, I'm taking the skill set of population health analytics, and I'm applying that such that we can now pull data from operations, from uh, services that are provided to the public, and then we're able to speak to here's how well the healthcare system works in Houston. Therefore, mm-hmm. how are the hospitals here, the MD Anderson's, the Texas Children's, the Methodist, etc how well are we doing in the rankings of top hospitals in the country and in the world? So that's the the that's key work that I'm doing within my, uh, my 8 to 6 job, my 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. job. And uh, the skill sets that I have ongoing from being a consultant for a number of years, I translate that well into that work. But likewise, those organizations that were not enfranchised with BDPA in the past have taken the opportunity to introduce them to BDPA, and now we mm-hmm. have healthcare also finding out more about STEM and STEAM and BDPA, such that we're going to have internships being propped up from that. We're going to have an additional pipeline of students coming from that, students that were the kids oh, right. of doctors and such are now in the pipeline for our sites program. So Houston, like I mentioned, is a very dynamic city, and we're finding to be a very inclusive city once you get the public aware of what's out there. So I applaud mm-hmm. Dr. Dr. Craig Brown for working with me, for making people aware of what we can be and what we were in the past. And also, I applaud the business leaders and the corporate and community leaders for having a listening ear as I've gone out there and told them about the BDPA story.
4: Mm-hmm. It sounds if you, you found that the uh, professional community, um, the corporate community, have been very receptive of uh, your approach and, and what you're bringing uh, to the table of engagement to and, and engage those um, individuals as well as organizations with BDPA in your program, Um, share share a little bit more with our audience the site program you just mentioned.
1: So site program, in case the audience doesn't know, at a local level, when you have your students coming in and having a curriculum of development available to them, it's a Mm -hmm. very nurturing opportunity. I'll speak first on a legacy role, and then I'll speak to actualization. I'll speak to when we were at Mayo Clinic, That was an opportunity for on the weekend. It gets cold up there very early in the year. By Halloween, it's already snow on the ground. So think of Mm -hmm. what are kids doing on the weekend. Bring them in, teach them about how to take apart computers. What can computers really do? Now, here in Houston, this is 15, 20 years later, after I was at Mayo Clinic, now we're looking at what can technology provide. So a lot of students, students that age, are probably more technologically astute than their parents, right? So the challenge right. now, and we, and we see it at our sites, programs at our national conferences, even the regional one, students come in mm-hmm. already very skilled with a lot of different things, but it's now a matter of aligning what they know in a fragmented sense into more of a cohesive sense. And also, as our previous speaker, as our previous guest, I should say, Ms. Bonner spoke about, creating teams, creating teamwork, and identity. So one of the goals we have here is to have a strong sense of we are Houston, we are the youth of Houston, and the youth of Houston are going to learn, they're going to apply things, and and uh, we're going to be able to pull in people from the Leaders of Tomorrow program, from National Black MBA, from the Inroads program that's already here, and make them all candidates within the S.I.T.E.S. program. Therefore, mm-hmm. we're offering STEAM and STEM to a larger population of people and they will all benefit by being collaborative. So that's the strategy we're applying.
4: Oh, excellent. Now, I know in the earlier conversation uh, that we had uh, a few weeks back, um, you also mentioned uh, your role and responsibilities in tying in, uh, well, you know, actually holding a um, either the breakfast or was it an evening? Um, I would say like a power um happy hour networking um um gathering of uh, professionals um i'm I'm not sure if you want to share again with our audience. I'm not sure if you said it was a rollout or um your approach to bringing members together in a formal but informal atmosphere um so, where you meet mm-hmm.
1: so what so one of the beautiful things about technology these days is that you can use different forums and different opportunities to communicate. Such like uh, I was talking with Wayne the other day, and mm-hmm. the meet. What, what do organizations currently use to call together people for meetings? If you wanted to have mm-hmm. people come together and say, "Hey, when I go to this meeting, and here's what's going to be," back in the day, we would knock, knock, knock. We would pass the word. We'd make some phone calls. But now we're utilizing the springboard of technology that already exists by saying there's a meeting, use the terminology of what you already are comfortable with, and that allows and has allowed the EPA to quickly jump back into the focal point by using pre existing technology, pre existing meeting roles, pre existing meeting um uh, vehicles to get people together. So okay the uh the happy hours, et cetera, et cetera you know it's got to get the feet wet, so I'm both introducing okay. myself to the community but also reintroducing b d p a so I think you were speaking about something I mentioned where we were wanted to do that, both introduce myself and b d p a and that's a constant struggle, but you had a constant opportunity to do so,
4: okay and and do you find it uh, challenging because you said it's constant and also struggle here, so it sounds like it's pretty challenging in that as well. Um,
1: absolutely. So absolutely. So I'll speak. On a personal sure what, level. So I'm,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I moved here from New Jersey, New Jersey is an entirely different culture than Texas, right? So mm-hmm. it's very, imp- it's very important for me to be sensitive to my audience and the culture here, likewise. I want to keep them engaged and never turn a deaf ear to what people were saying they're interested in, what they might be wanting, et cetera. So that's one of the right. challenges of the new engagement. So I find that very exciting. And, um, you know, it, it's, just a, it's just a constant uh, adjustment. To use Lynn's word, agile. I must be nimble in the way I do my work. So okay. Okay, I must be agile. I must be aware of what people's feedback is. And if someone is saying uh, why is the meeting um, on the other side of town? And Houston is huge.
3: Houston oh, is definitely.
1: huge. <laughs> radio audience yes, is definitely
3: <laughs> radio audience Houston is huge, guys. <laughs> I love yeah, my, it. My Houston is <laughs> huge. My involvement my <laughs> with Houston, it was it seemed like it had
4: two downtowns.
1: It it has four downtowns. Houston has four oh, downtowns, all right? Goodness. Yes. Uh, the 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 hospital area is considered a medical corridor. I love mm-hmm. the layout of Houston in that and various technologies are placed into corridors. So as you mm. know, this being oil and gas, there's an oil and gas and energy corridor where all of the headquarters and such for those businesses are all right in one area. So that's a downtown, and then a little mm. further away, there's the medical corridor where all the major hospitals have their headquarters and they're all clustered together. And then you have the typical downtown, which is downtown Houston, and then you have the various outlying suburbs, the Sugarland, the the Tylers, the, the Wacos, all those areas around Texas, the Spring, Texas, et cetera, Pasadena, Texas, each one mm-hmm. having its own little metropolis. So the challenge is to be able to find venues to get people to come in from wherever they are to a central location for meetings, but also to balance that with virtual meetings. Yes, we do use go to meeting for communicating some of the topics. So it's wise and it's prudent that way. So to keep people engaged, it's important to both bring the mountain to Muhammad, but also bring Muhammad to the mountain sometimes too. And doing Mm -hmm. so, we're able to serve more people with the message. So, that's the vision, that's what we're applying, and Houston being the size it is, we've got to be sensitive to that, and we don't want people to feel left out and say, oh, I wasn't going to go to the other side of Houston because that's two hours away. No,
3: mm-hmm. we
1: want an opportunity to both revolve our location, be collaborative, but also bring the message to people where they are. So I bring a whole book of information to the National Black NBA meeting this Thursday, and we're going to talk. We're going to do BDPA work as well. But on the flip side, I'm also going to go to another meeting on the northern side of Houston in a couple of weeks. So that's mm-hmm. really what our experience is being here.
3: Well, that's really
4: interesting. And a lot of people, when you think of the scale of Houston, they find you know they may find that a little little uh, challenging in the sense of um, I would put it on par um when we look at some other areas of the country, um, you know, even comparison to uh New York City, you know, just holding meetings in Manhattan actually will exclude um uh, professional um players that do not get into to, to Manhattan proper, but maybe in the Brooklyn area, um in the business area of Brooklyn or even over in, in the Queens area, um and things of that nature and then having the ability to move the meetings around Actually, keeps them. I'll say, keeps it's Easier of, there. Um, but but it's mm-hmm. easier there. You say it's easier. It's easier okay. there. and I'll tell you
1: why it's easier there. There is mm-hmm. no rail system here. There is no bus system here. It only mm. exists within the inner circle of the city. If you live in the suburbs of Houston, you have to have a car.
3: That's you have right. to have
1: a car here. So I don't want to go too far mm-hmm. into the nitty gritty, but that's one of the other challenges. So we have to use things like Meetup.com in order to say, Mm -hmm. here's the interest, let's talk about this interest, and here's where it's going to be. And then another time, here's another meetup, and it's going to be on the other side of town. But because you have venues that are on opposite ends of town and you don't have the ability to jump on the subway like you would in New York and go from one borough to the other, Mm -hmm. you have to be creative. So that's the other call to action that we have here. And we're up to the challenge.
4: Oh. Oh, great. Yeah, I was looking at the approach from a perspective of, uh, um, which is like I said again, the size is just and is almost incomprehensible in the sense unless you've been in Houston and just knowing that that there's uh, no no transit that's comparable to other urban areas uh, where you, and you, know, design, you really must have
1: a vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's it's by design. Yeah, Houston being oil and gas focused, they want people to mm-hmm. drive. Think okay. about it. You have you have mm-hmm. gasoline here. You have gasoline here for get this a dollar fifty cents a gallon. So you mm-hmm. want people to drive. You want people to mm-hmm. burn up all that wonderful gas that's being produced here. So that's the mindset. So that's what I've moved into. Just
3: before mm-hmm. moving
1: to Houston, I was wrapping up a uh, a role where I was working for the uh, fire department of New York. I was up in Brooklyn, and I was. Take okay. the bus and then the shuttle and then the subway and such to get to work, and all the, you know, all the different forms of uh, public transportation. Such is not the case in Houston. I could not imagine traveling from Austin, Texas, which is two hours outside of downtown Houston, to Houston proper on a regular basis via, mm-hmm. you know, via commuter rail. It doesn't exist, and that's by design. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Philadelphia going to New York, which was my normal commute in my prior role, I would just either jump on a Greyhound or I could jump on uh, Amtrak or something, and then once in New York, I would just jump on a subway. Different animal. Mm. So it's it's engaging, it's exciting, and as far as the drive for expanding and exposing people to BDPA, that's what keeps me focused, it keeps me driven, and it keeps us driven as we're growing this uh, this chapter. It's a really exciting time. Oh, one more thing I want to mention. One more thing I Mm -hmm. want to mention. I did promise uh, a couple of chapters that uh, sent me information as they are also growing. The Seattle chapter, for example, is having a kickoff next week. And uh, the wonderful opportunity, much like we're experiencing here in Houston, is that as the chapter is getting rolling, the communication of what they're up to is vital. So
3: okay. I wanted
1: to give a shout-out to them because I was really happy that uh, Ann Robinson shared with me what what's going on in Seattle. And uh, Seattle, okay. I wanted to make sure I followed up on that. On November 19th at the African American Museum in Seattle, they're having their chapter kickoff, and uh, they're going to do big things up there. Uh, okay,
4: so you also can with us on November 19th,
1: Seattle,
3: yep.
4: Washington. Yep. Okay, great. Yeah. And you also mentioned another organization uh, to give a shout-out. Yeah, to.
3: I,
1: I got an email from uh, the Science, Mathematics, Research, and Transformation Scholarship for Service Program being an opportunity for students pursuing undergraduates or graduate degrees in STEM disciplines. So those of you out there in Radio Land who didn't see the communication on this, please ping the uh, information that's on the website about this. SMART scholarships are there. Money is there. BDCA is all about helping you pursue your degrees and pursue greatness in technology and SMART and, and STEM organization and uh, that type of scholarship. So STEM, STEAM, SMART, it's all there. We want you to do great things with it. And I just wanted to just quickly do a shout-out to people who communicated with me. I promised I would shout it out, and so be it.
4: Hey, Tim, could you share the um, website? Uh, which they would uh, um, tap on to uh, obtain that information, smart scholarships?
1: Let me see if I see that on here. I see that www.asteamvillage.org, dot eorg A STEAM Village. And William Wells okay. shared that information with me. And you can look them up on Twitter, okay. at, a. STEAM Village. And I see okay. at the bottom of this note that a contributor to that is my good friends over at NASA, N-A-S-A, NASA blog contributors. They laugh a lot. We're making good headway. And I also see at the footnote here that BDPA's emblem is stamped right on there. What's A. STEAM Village? So we're already looking at a partner that's getting the word out about great things that we're collaborating on. And that's what it's all about these days. One, One BDPA, one message, and uh making sure everyone knows by being collaborative we can do great things.
4: So one BDPA, one message, uh, I I like the ring to that. That is great. Right. That is great. Um so 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 Tim, you you have had a very um um powerful career. Um can you walk our audience through there? I always like to in speaking and interviewing um our, our guests to have the that guest and that professional um, share um, you know, their 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 lineage per se uh, with regard to their career, so that others that are that are that are either in the field or pursuing IT as a uh, career uh, um, choice can hear some of the different pathways um, that um, that our members have have engaged in as they have grown in their own uh, professional development. Uh, could you share that? Walk us through that a little bit.
1: Sure, I'll give you a quick synopsis of career and some uh, pivotal milestone choices made that got me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. So I'm an undergraduate in business, business IT. I was an in student, so I had internships consecutively during my business undergrad years. It was interesting in that my second year internship while sophomore undergrad, I was doing really good work, and the director of the group said he liked my work well enough It was I was working in telecommunications that they offered me full-time work and said, we'll pay for you to finish up your undergrad at nighttime if you're willing to work for us during the day. So that really was a major transformation point for what my focus was in my career. They saw good work. They applauded me. And uh, to use Lynn's word, uh, it was a matter of someone seeing where I was and kind of uh, making me feel wanted. So I really refocused my energies and uh, did that. So from that point forward, I really wanted to get more engaged with IT. So that was the late 1980s, where uh, my first exposure to a computer was after high school. And mm. as I transitioned, yeah, I wasn't because yes, I'm showing my age, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be candid here. I was not engaged with laptops and such in high school. I graduated from high school in 1981. So that being the case, when I went to work at ZenRooter, I then had a computer in front of me, an AT&T computer, and I was working with that as well as an IBM computer. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the same time, the work I was doing was all regarding AT&T. Yes, AT&T was the only phone company back then. So the work I was doing was how do we handle the divestiture of AT&T? So the divestiture right. of that broke up the Bell system, created all the baby Bells, but here I was capturing all this data and mapping out various types of uh, data networks and wire networks, wire networks, not wireless networks. Wireless didn't exist yet, and mapping exactly. it all out. Mm-hmm. So as we mapped it all out, I would then do paper diagrams of these networks and then we'd fax them or quip them to each other, Q-U-I-P. we quipped them to each other to make sure we had documentation in the various offices. So I'm going to speed mm-hmm. up the story now. And because I showed an aptitude for data collection and understanding the big picture of where data storage was and how we could actually save things on large floppy disks versus writing them up in big paper documents, uh, the leadership at Allegheny Lutland Steel and Allegheny International promoted me, and I became a telecommunications analyst before I was done with undergrad. That, after that, uh, later years became, uh, I went back for my master's in IS and balanced out with business. So between the business and the IS degrees, and then later a master's in leadership organization, uh, that led me to really sink my teeth into applying both leadership and business skills together with IS. Um, I can just mm-hmm. think of a myriad of people who have been great mentors to me through the years. But the key elements were deciding, do I want to be business-focused or IT-focused, and how do I want to balance it? And I chose mm-hmm. to have IT as a primary and business as a secondary. And that being the case, it's led me to a really good career where I've been able to balance the relationships with people that I'm working with and leading and working for. And uh, I'm really focused on health care and life science as being the industries that would really drive my career, because when I went into that in the mid 90s, and transitioning out of the steel and and, uh, and such into life sciences and healthcare, it was still burgeoning. It was still growing, and electronic mm-hmm. health records were not a public tool. Electronic health records didn't become public until uh, the Obamacare and George Bush and all those guys really got it rolling in 2008, 2009, right? But I was working on those Mm -hmm. things back in 1994,
3: 1995. So as we
1: built those things out in the mid-'90s for private hospitals and private institutions, we were kind of getting the bugs out, and when it became public and everything just kind of ran rampant, it made sense for me to be a consultant because I already had 10 years under my belt doing that type of work. So that mm-hmm. propels me forward, having done the consulting work, etc., etc., in uh, the healthcare and the life science environment. And that's what led to someone making a phone call to me from Texas saying, we see the work you're doing in population health, big data, analytics, population uh, measurement, etc. cetera. Uh, we have some things do- going on down here. We have a number five hospital. We want to get up in the top three. And we'd love to have you come and join our team down here in Texas. So I made the move from the New Jersey, Philadelphia area and made the move to Houston. And now I'm down here leading this team uh, and its metrics and its uh, analytics and all the good pieces for health IT in the uh, medical center here in Houston. So that's a real quick synopsis as I transitioned from coming out of high school, having never touched a computer, into now being responsible for multi-million dollar and uh, projects and programs and building them out for physicians. And everything we do affects the life of the youth of our community and our uh, country. So I'm really pleased that my career has gone the way it has. You mentioned before what is HIE. That's health. I'm sorry. You mentioned before what is H-I-M-S-S. That is the Health Information Management Society, HIMSS. And they are a great organization that I've been involved with for a number of years at a uh, committee level, helping to write regulations, and we send it off to the federal government as far as here's what we think could happen, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always good for people to communicate what they would like to see happen in their industry. So I urge all of you to write your congressmen and be actively engaged in your industry. Don't just treat it like a nine-to-five.
3: Your turn.
4: environment and with and that work was seen uh with regards to some of the higher ups. Um and a lot of our audience may not be aware of Allegheny Ludlum um still, um which at one point was a Fortune five hundred company out of um Pittsburgh, um a major, major world stage player with regards to uh their product um um nationally and internationally. Uh so and then there was uh, those that invested in you in, in your career and uh worked with you to and, and, you know put put, it, put one of those offers on the table that was like, Hmm, this makes sense. Somebody else is gonna pay for this degree as I also worked and earned some money.
3: Um exactly. so to, to,
4: to, to work during the day and then finish your degree in the evening.
3: Uh and yeah. then moved on
4: through um, obtained a master's in IS and been furthering that with a master's in leadership organization. One thing that I appreciate and, and like that to share that you chose to look at IT as a primary lead um, and in business as secondary and then chose to start gearing your career in that, that area um, and then to begin focusing and working in healthcare and life sciences uh, and then yep. using that expertise over the years into in, in a consulting role. That has now led you into uh, where you are now in, in Houston. Now, capsize a lot of that information as well because your I, 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 your 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 career professionally as well as your involvement with uh, professional associations um, and, and 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 professional management associations is very robust. Um, Thank and again, you. Again, just to share with our audience the the just to to, to look um, not only the work that one performs. In in their work environment, but those other networks and associations that really keeps the skill sets skill sets sharp, and and really yes. keeps one involved um, knowledge base within within their career and in the awareness and growing the career. Um, so so again, thank thank you for for sharing that information with us. Um, yes, We sir. have um, about a minute left, and what okay. I'd like to have you share with our BDPA audience one final thought. Uh, for our BDPA our radio audience.
1: Stay involved. The things that drive me in my career are very consistent with the mission of our organization and being involved in professional organizations in general. When you stay involved, you're aware of the changes in an industry, you're able to mentor other people, and you're able to learn things well enough that you can always teach other people. And that in and of itself lends its credibility to what you do at your, at your work. So stay involved.
4: Okay, great. Uh, thank you, Tim, for this opportunity to uh, have this discussion with you in sharing both your career and your involvement as the Houston uh, chapter president of BDPA. And just to capitalize with, with Tim, capitalizing what Tim has shared with our audience is to stay involved, uh, the mission focus and, um, uh, be aware of the changes in in one's industry, and give back and mentoring others, um, and I, I call that also bringing something else to the table, and and, and that reach back and that legacy, because um, as that old adage it um, says, no one is an island unto themselves, and therefore, as we grow in our development, there's others that help um, to 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 invest in that development either directly in or indirectly, um, through even little tidbits from information that's shared, comments that's shared, um, um reviewing one's and commenting on one's abilities, um and, and and as such, or even investing in one as they have even in your your, your, your career and experience um, So again, thank you for that. And I like to thank our iRadio audience for listening in tonight, um, as we had uh, Lynn Bonner. Um, with Deloitte and Tim but with Houston BDPA. Check children. Thank yep, you again. Yep,
3: yep. Thank
0: you. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders hosted by Fran McNeil, sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks, produced by Everaldo Gallimore, technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com